Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, President of Employco. With me is my brother and partner, Scott Wilson. Hello. Jason Isot, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. And Nikki Navarro, working the board, as, as usual, trying to make us sound halfway okay. <laughs> and uh, so with us this uh, this month is a special guest, uh, Jerry LeCamp, who's the Vice President of Payroll Services at Employco. So, Jerry, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you. you for having me. We wanted to mix it up a little bit. People get tired of uh, talking, listening to HR stories from Scott, Jason, and myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, so Jerry has been vice president of payroll for uh, for several years. Jerry, you well over twenty years you've been with us. Yeah. Seen the company grow a little bit. So, yeah. one of the things that we wanted to talk about was was uh, payroll, uh, kind of payroll exposures, payroll pitfalls, payroll issues that you see. Uh, in the in the course of our uh, you know with the clients prospects etc with uh, with all the changes over the last couple of years from you know both compliance and and workflow issues yes the big trend over the past couple of years is just that having remote workers um, that's the biggest thing and so then if they have permanent remote workers they could you know have those workers living anywhere working for them and then that brings in different states with compliance with taxes. And that's something that really started during, you know, you saw maybe a little bit out of it pre-COVID, but really uh, COVID when, uh, especially in the big cities, people during COVID, you're locked down, people scattered all over the country. Yeah, we're working from home or working from a home office or closer office. Yeah. I mean, and I, although people are getting back to the office a little bit, I think we're going to have a lot more remote workers than we ever did pre-COVID. Well, and I, I wonder too, how many companies, you know, the you know what's going to hit the fan. They've been doing the taxes wrong. They're not set up in those states. We operate in all 50 states, so we're set for that. So if a client has a new person in a new state, all right, we'll roll with it. I mean, there's a lot involved with that, right? Yes. You have to consider where the employee is living and where their place of employment is and look at both states and see what the liabilities are for both states. Um, The employee may have liability in both states, uh, depending, you know, there's some reciprocal agreements between some states, so maybe the liability would be only their home state. So there's a lot of things to consider when somebody's working remotely. And, you know, what Jason's saying, that getting people back to the office, I, I think that's going to solve a little bit of the remote issue because the odds are, if you know, if you're working remote Tuesday and Thursday, you're not going to be mm. in another, you're still going to be in your your main state, if you, wherever that, wherever your office is. But uh, when you see someone that's working completely remote, you know, on our last podcast, we talked a little bit about the pay transparency rules where, you know, you're hiring someone in uh, a remote worker in Colorado, you have to have the, the pay ranges on, on your job description. So that's from a compliance standpoint, from, a, from an HR standpoint, when we look at the payroll side, you know, and Jerry and uh, your team, your remote worker, you and your team really saw it a lot during... Uh, coming out of COVID of hiring remote workers at, and especially when you we'd have new clients come on and as you're going through you you would find people working in other states and the prospect at the time or, or now a client as they're coming aboard you, you find that you know you've got someone that lives in Missouri but and is you know working remote to and the clients in Indiana just for example and they're paying taxes in the wrong state. Right. They don't, I mean, we've taken on a few clients in the past couple of years that didn't even realize that they should have been um, opening up those um, tax accounts. And so we kind of discover it as they come on board with us, like, oh, you have somebody, you know, working remotely, then that opens up liability in that state where that person is located. So. 
And with the tax laws changing constantly every election, it seems, you know, I don't know how a small business could deal with that, you know, especially if they're heavy in the uh, remote worker. And so when you look at, you know, we're talking taxes for your remote workers. So we have a, a lot of contractors that, uh, that are, are national that work around from, uh, and, and not just contractors, but, you know, we're being based in Chicago. You've got plenty of people live in Indiana or live in Wisconsin and work in Illinois. And that's so often you see that that's set up incorrectly. Right. Well, there's, you know, a different situation if you are, you know, working in Illinois. If you're an Indiana resident, you have to take out Illinois taxes for that Indiana employee or, well, they're an Illinois employee. So you're taking out the withholding for their work state, whereas Illinois and Wisconsin have a reciprocal agreement, whereas you can claim exemption from your work state withholding and only have your home state withholding taken. So it's it's even different within neighboring states. So a key part of that is knowing what what states are reciprocal. Exactly. And that's something that we have to just always take case by case with different clients and different employees of clients. Because yeah, you've had clients come on that, uh, you know, the person lives in Indiana and now they're upset with, with you because why are you taking Indiana, Illinois taxes out? Right. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, compli- you know, tax compliance is so uh, so important today. So to make sure that it's set up correctly. So then, uh, what happens? Throw a, a client that you've got an employee that's working different uh, different states during the course of the year. But what happens even during a week, during a pay period? You may have an employee that's flying to a couple different cities. What? Where do you pay? Do you just go to home state? Well. Yeah, wherever they're typically working. If it's a short-term project, I mean, that's not really anything that affects the tax withholding for the employee. But when you have some clients that maybe take on longer projects, you really have to take into account how long are they working, how many months or however long they're working. Does it then create liability in that state of, you know, where they're working on a long-term project that it could get you into a different state with? with regards to tax liability. And the nice thing about us compared to some of our peers in the industry is that we're, we're not an 800 number. We're not pushing clients to a website. So if our clients or employees have questions about home state reciprocity, they, they have the dedicated person to talk to. We can work through it, talk to our accounting department to figure out the, the, the tax status and how it should happen. Then we're working one-on-one with that client or that employee to really give them personalized, customized advice. You're not in a chat bot. <laughs> right, Yeah. The uh, another question for you is so the uh, the IRS a few years ago put out a new 1040 form. Do you still get a lot of people, a lot of uh, employees at client side that are confused by it? There, you know, because that if someone if you've been working at the same company in the last you know ten fifteen years and filled out and haven't filled out a new 1040 form, it's completely different. The W-4? I'm sorry. Are you talking about the W-4? Oh, see. Yes. All right. So guys are good. What was interesting <laughs> about what was interesting about that um, change was it came right at the time that COVID hit. So a yeah. lot of people weren't working. Yeah, right. And then when they were rehired, there's a whole different form. And it really did. And it still does confuse people completely about how to fill out the form. So we really have to, and we're not, you know, we're not tax advisors, but we, right. you know, you have to, bear have to help place. them understand what the different boxes mean now because they're completely different. And you're not claiming number of a, t- 
you know, a number of dependents here claiming your dependent um, allowance for the year, and they don't really understand the different way that you have to fill it out now. You had to, Jerry had to train our on-site team because on our larger trade shows that we go to, one of the services that we provide where there's going to be a tremendous amount of people, new hires signing in, we'll send a team of people to that show and help their union employees sign up as in, as the part of the new hire kit. And it was pretty common where the people were asking. Or swearing at us. Right. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> what is this? So, you know, whether it's Josh and uh, our loss control manager or other people on our team that are there to help the client as an added service, we had to go th- and train them how to, uh, the most common asked questions because it's, a, it, it is night and day from the old form. Yeah. It is. And, and I think people filled out the new form and then come, you know, the 2021 or 2022, you know, personal tax return time. And then we get a lot of calls just saying, you know, well, why didn't you take out the taxes or why did you do this? And it's because of the way that they filled out their W-4. So then there's a lot of changes come, you know, March, April, after people start filing their taxes, a lot of W-4 changes after they've met with their tax consultants. And, and realized that it and realized that it was, yeah, filled out. In, and as Jason pointed out, the W-4 looks nothing like a 1040. <laughs> <laughs> Letters and numbers. So another question uh, is, is you're processing thousands of, uh, thousands of checks a week. Checks, direct deposits, pay cards. I know we do all three. Are you seeing trends more and more to direct deposits? Definitely. Um, I think the Postal Service has had some issues over the past couple of years. So uh, a lot of people are going paperless, direct deposit as much as they can. I mean, there are some state, different states that require different things. um, So you can't, you know, or you may not necessarily be able to require direct deposit for employees. But I think our clients are definitely pushing it as much as possible to not be sending out live checks out in the mail because... There's a lot of voids and reissues when things aren't. Yeah, the physical pay stubs too. Some states yeah. still require. Right. You have to have the old paper. Yeah. And you see that we love direct deposit where possible because you you see the issue where you know like you said the void and issue I didn't get the check and uh, they maybe they did get the check they end up cashing at their bank they cash it to currency exchange so they got paid twice especially when it's your last payroll check. Mm. And if you do cash it at a currency exchange, the currency exchange, even though most of them check with us using positive pay, they still can cash the check and they're holding due course. So if you have to pay the currency exchange and Mm -hmm. then uh, there's no recourse to get that money back from the former um, employee. But uh, and then you're probably seeing the same as you're going to paperless on the check standpoint, especially with postage up to 52 or 55 cents or so? Expensive. Yeah. yeah. It might even be 60. Are you, are you seeing uh, this, the same trend on the on report? People want more uh, electronic PDF reports or Excel reports than, uh, than on the sure. paper side. Yeah, definitely. Um, Excel <laughs> is, you know, the big, big method of sending reports. Now people want to be able to have their data and be able to do with it what they need to on their end, so... One of the unique things that uh, that you and your team do as well when you look at job costing, uh, when you look at uh, other companies that are doing job costing, they'll, they'll job cost the, the wage base and internally at the, uh, at the client, they have to add in other aspects. Because we're all in, all in one, so your job costing, you're picking up not just the wages, but the, your union fringes, your workers' comp cost, all your taxes – 
So it's really a, a much better picture for a client from a job cost standpoint. Right. Yes. And, and you can, from a job costing standpoint, we, we, go, we can go pretty deep uh, depending on how a client wants to slice and dice their information. For sure. Yeah. Sixty-three cents for an envelope. Is it really? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Direct deposit. Yeah, and we we have a lot. You've got a lot of clients that are doing direct deposit and uh, and not even mailing you know, mailing paychecks where possible from a state standpoint and uh, going to our website for all their information. And the sixty-three cents doesn't even guarantee they'll get it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting. You never know what mail is going to show up at your house. So I, I know when I get my neighbors, I need to go to the, uh, the the other direction to get my mail at the next wow. neighbor's house. Off by yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the uh, any other uh, trends or issues that uh, that you guys are seeing on the on the payroll side or early access? <laughs> A lot of requests for that. that wow. Yeah, the early access pay for. So we're looking into getting that. Yeah, that uh, I mean that's really becomes really a game changer too. Uh, that. Yeah becomes a lot more work on the on the payroll side as well. But you're starting to see that as a trend. Yep. Yeah. Working out the logistics of making that service available. Yeah. And and as your your time frames get tighter and tighter, I know as we compete with the uh, the large companies, you know, they want their payroll in by Monday to get you a check on Friday and they're gonna charge you on Tuesday or Wednesday. It's pretty common for you to work on a pretty tight turnaround time and as well as you know not just the tight turnaround time but when you look at the union fringe side you're doing all the union fringe reports for our clients which none of our competitors are so just uh, you know from your workload you've got a uh, jerry's got a pretty solid team yes i do the best (laughs) so well if you have had any questions for us on the payroll side uh hr side uh feel free to reach out if you uh if you send that to hr at employco.com it does go to jason but jason can get those on to jerry i don't know if we have a, a payroll at employco.com uh, we actually do there you go so uh not that we advertise it but there you go so uh, <laughs> hr hr at employco.com and uh, you can we can get those questions over to jerry jerry we really appreciate you joining us yeah, today thank you thank you any questions, reach out to us, uh, our social media. Social media. I don't, do we have uh, Instagram yet? Oh, we do. So you can see pictures of uh, check stack. No. It's <laughs> exciting. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah. And on ChatGPT, hopefully they've corrected <laughs> the founder issue. Right. Last episode, we found out that we weren't listed as the founders. Still not. Yes. Yeah, I, ran- I checked today. Two random guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you have a, I checked when I checked today. You have, you have another brother outside of Chris. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, come on. I think Gerald is your brother. I think. Wow, nice. Sit in. We're gonna have to call our mom on that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Well, thanks for joining us. We will uh, see you next month. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.